Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. If you're an ambitious woman who wants to advance in leadership, then this podcast is for you. This podcast is co-hosted by Nikki Barua, digital innovator, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker, and Monique Marquez, senior corporate leader, ex-Googler, and diversity expert. From inspiring stories to cutting-edge strategies, you'll learn how to develop the skill set, mindset, and tool set to get future-ready fast and accelerate your success. Hi, I'm Monica, your host for today's episode. Do you have trouble knowing when to say no or being authentic in your everyday life at work? Many of us spend a significant amount of time devoted to our jobs. And if we aren't honest about ourselves and our situations, we add stress to our already full lives. A rewarding work life involves authenticity, tapping into our passions, and finding the right support. Teresa Ludvigson is the Senior Vice President of People at Qualified, the number one pipeline generation platform for Salesforce, where Teresa previously held multiple management positions. A natural people person, Teresa is keenly aware of what makes a great manager and loves helping and coaching others. In this episode, she enthusiastically shares stories from her past experiences. She discusses the challenges of learning new skills when switching jobs and the importance of staying true to who you are. You'll love her honesty, optimism, and electrifying energy. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Teresa. Welcome, Teresa. Thank you so much for joining us on the Beyond Barriers podcast. We are thrilled to have you on. Now, you have an extensive background working um, in corporate for many, many years and now have made a transition to another organization. So would love to share a little bit with our audience who you are, kind of your journey throughout your career and kind of where did you, you know, how you landed where you are um, and, you know, what kind of led you down that path. So without further ado, I'm going to hand it over to you uh, to tell us that story. Oh, thank you so much, Monica. Well, you know, women in leadership has always been a passion of mine. And I go back to my first job out of college. Uh-huh. So my very first job, I was a sorority consultant. I don't think people even knew that job existed. <laughs> I was based out of Tennessee. And uh-huh. every six days, I got to go to different college campuses doing leadership presentations and helping these collegiate officers in their respective roles. Wow. And I mean, imagine you're 21 years old, you're jet setting all over the United <laughs> States. It was amazing. I've got to see so many cool places, met a lot of great people. But in that, in that period, like I was just used to coaching and developing women. Mm-hmm. And so translate that to like having sales jobs in the past to working leadership development at um, tech companies. But um, my passion is really helping others and coaching. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was at Salesforce for 15 years. I spent the last six years there leading global onboarding for the company. So it's onboarding programs and events and communications for mm-hmm. all our new hires, as well as our acquisitions. And in that role, when you think about onboarding, that is like the epitome of helping people, welcoming yes. people to new company. And so I love, of course, I love the company culture. And then to your point, most recently, I've left the company to go to a company called Qualified, which is a Salesforce-backed startup. Um, nine of our eight executives are all ex-Salesforce alumni. So it's pretty exciting to be reunited with leaders I really respected when I was at Salesforce, mm-hmm. but also just start something new. You know, I feel like you always want to feel like you're learning and growing. And in my new capacity, instead of being a deep subject matter expert in one area of HR, I have now lead the entire people experience function at this company. So 
Um, yeah, it's very exciting. It's def- definitely a change going from an 80,000 person company to a much smaller startup, but I'm learning a lot and I love it. Fantastic. Now, talking a little bit about that, because that's scary. It's scary to go from somewhere where, you know, after being at an organization for, you know, 14, 15 years, you develop a level of social capital, but also comfort of like, you know, I could do this job in my sleep, right? Even though there are the days where you get challenged or whatnot, but you, you kind of like know the terrain really, really well. What is it like? Or did you have any fears, limiting beliefs? What, you know, things popped up in your mind as you were about to shift from this role to something really, really new where you might've been a subject matter expert, but now you need to be a generalist. Yeah. So I love that you asked me that question. And I actually take it back to my first sales leader at Salesforce. So his name is Robert Zimmerman. Mm -hmm. He interviewed me and he was my first regional vice president. Now, Robert is now the chief revenue officer here at Qualified. And I remember like, Robert has known me since before I was engaged, before I got married, before my two children, before I got divorced. He's known me forever, right? (laughs) And I remember interviewing for this role. I did have a lot of fear and limiting doubts and I beliefs. And I told him in my interview, I'm like, Robert, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I could do all these other things. Like, I don't really understand the ins and outs of payroll or benefits or how to write a COVID policy. Like, I don't know some of this stuff, you know? And and I had a conversation with him. He's like, but Teresa, think about all the stuff that you do know, you know? And you have this gift to be very welcoming, very exciting. You are passionate about building culture. You're passionate about people. Maximize those. He's like, And you could hire those other people to help you with that other stuff, you know? And it is just so funny that as a woman, we have a tendency to just think like, I can't do that. Maybe I'm not qualified enough for that. And it's just funny. And I look at this qualified sign right behind me, (laughs) but it was having someone like that, who's a mentor, who's known me for so many years, Mm -hmm. instill that belief that you can do it. Mm-hmm. That I just remember getting off that phone call and I said, wow, I am so grateful and so appreciative that I have leaders in my life that are going to lift me up and give me that confidence when I felt like I couldn't do it. And, you know, I have to be honest, you know, you mentioned being so familiar in a certain mm-hmm. spot, like Salesforce was my foundation. You know, when I first joined that company, I think I was employee 1700, left when we were over 80,000. People used to joke and say like, Tracy, you're the mayor of Salesforce. Everywhere you go, people know you. And then I come to this new company where it's a remote first company. I'm joining from my home. I don't really know anybody. And I have all these new challenges. Mm -hmm. But I definitely had to say that two or three months into it, I'm finally kind of building that confidence in myself, you know, Mm -hmm. and it does, and be honest, it doesn't come right away. Like there were definitely a couple of weeks and even months where I was doubting the decision I made. Did I make the right choice? Mm -hmm. But now I can't even look back. Like I am so energized and excited um, because I'm learning, you know? And I think that especially as you get more experience in your career, Mm -hmm. like you don't want to stop learning and stay flat, right? We spend so much time in the workplace. Like you want to keep your brain going and yeah, it's very energizing. It's also incredibly rewarding. Fantastic. And I can feel your energy, right? And I can feel the, like you, you know, you have a mindset that's actually very optimistic, which I can, I can appreciate. You mentioned, you know, some of those techniques where I think the important thing is you leveraged, you know, mentor sponsors who were kind of outside looking in telling you things that maybe we undervalued, like, you know, maybe some competencies, skill sets, things that you weren't seeing as strengths, um, which was important that your mentor told you, focus on those and lead with those and then hire, you know, others. 
What were some other techniques in terms of, you know, when you do have the fears and limiting beliefs or that self-doubt pop in your mind, or like maybe the issue that pops up that you're like, oh my God, I've never dealt with this before. What are some techniques that help you get over it faster? Yeah. Uh, I think that you need to kind of set your sights on someone that you really admire in the workplace. Mm, yes. Or as a colleague that you've worked with before that you just like, they do, they have a special sparkle. There's something special about them. I love their energy and ask them, like you have to almost ask them and say, Hey, like I admire you and I would really love it if, you know, you can help me be the best person that I could be. Will you help me? Can we do that together? Mm. And I remember coming into this role and it was so nice because I had a person like that at this company. And I remember he messaged me. He's like, Hey, like I've got your back, you know, I'm going to be your buddy and all of this. And you're going to go through change. I did too, but know that I'm always there for you. And I love feeling that level of support from somebody, but Mm -hmm. it's also a good reminder for all of us is that there's going to be someone else in that room who mm-hmm. thinks that of your of me, right? right? Or thinks that of still any of the listeners here. And so sometimes you need to be the one to reach out and give people that permission to say, hey, I'm here for you. If you need me, mm-hmm. I want to support you and help you. Because a lot of times people are afraid to ask. And so it's our responsibility as we move up into levels of leadership to be that platform, to be that extra additional level of support for other people, right? Just kind of pay it forward. Yes. That's so important that you said that, that like, creating that safe space and kind of opening that door for people to come to you and be able to ask you of, you know, for help or whatever that might be. Um, so tell me a little bit about, you know, cause some people, they hear that and they say, okay, yes, um, they're, they have the open door. They've told me to ask, but I don't even know what to ask for. <laughs> like, you know, so when you reach out and you're tapping individuals to ask for help, how do you break that down? How do you, you know, what is the ask or, or how do you even approach them? So I'm going to, so you're asking, how do I approach people yes. when I need support or help? Yes. I get, um, okay, great question. So I, I feel like everyone has incredible potential and sometimes it's untapped potential, right? Mm-hmm. And so I always, I never want to stay stagnant. I always think like, what can I do more? How can I impact more people? How can I help more people? How can I even elevate my own career and my own brand? Mm-hmm. And so I have to get very specific when I ask people for help because a lot of times, you know, you want more, but you don't really have the tools to convey exactly what you want. So coaching that I give to people on my team and also to, I'm like running a program here um, at Qualified, but talking about having that individual development plan, right? Building on IDP mm-hmm. to say, here's what my strengths are. Here are like three things I could probably use more help with. Here's where I want to go. Here's a retrospective of what I thought I did well last year. You almost have to write all that down, almost journaling it, right. but for your own self and career. And then I'm not going to throw all these things onto like my mentor or coach, but I can actually say, hey, very specifically, here's an area of growth for me. Could you help me with this specific thing? And it makes it much easier for mm. that person to support you. Yes. And then you also have a framework to ask for what you want. Because I remember... In my early management phases, you know, sitting with people on my team and, you know, you could see someone who felt like they needed more, mm-hmm. but they didn't really know how to convey it. And so as leaders, we're not mind readers, but we have definitely, definitely care about the individual and want to help them. So you just, as the asker, you will need to be really specific of what you want. And as a leader, one thing that I used to do, and I still have it on my whiteboard at home, um, I have very boldly written 
and you know, uncaps, how can I support you? Question mark. Because I think that especially in this tech environment or the corporate space, we work so quickly. And sometimes you get into those one-on-one meetings, you're like business, 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 let's do this, knock it off, knock it off. And then you actually don't really build that report, actually serve as a leader to or a coach to your team members. Mm-hmm. And so when I have that really big and bold written out, it makes me remember because my intention is there, but sometimes yes. moving so fast. Like remember, say, hey, how can I support you? And just asking that question opens up that door and allows that individual to open up to you and share how that you can help best help them. That's so, so insightful. And I think very tangible in terms of getting specific. But I love what you said about the need to journal or put pen to paper. I mean, here at Beyond Barriers, we take people through the programs and helping them gain clarity and the confidence. But we always tell them you have to put pen to paper so that you can really, because they seem like, seem like very innocuous questions, right? Like, what are your strengths? What are your passions? What do you love to do? And we, you know, we're like, oh, that's a simple question. But when you really sit down to answer that for yourself, it's kind of like, whoa, like, you know, it's it's overwhelming. So yeah. I love that you were talking about really journaling that and even going retrospectively, thinking backwards, like, what have I accomplished? What have I done? And kind of using that as a jump start. Yeah. And I think, you know, I wanted to kind of double click on what you said around passion, because mm-hmm. when you find your passion and that's what you do the sky's the limit. Like you just end up crushing things like big time, right? <laughs> yes, and yes. I remember, you know, I had many roles at Salesforce because you know, I, I talk about Salesforce because I was there for so long, mm-hmm. but it was a moment that I actually tapped into my passions, which was like around being creative, welcoming people, high energy, you know, bring the vibe, bring all that pizzazz. Once uh-huh. I found that in my job, like I had to pitch myself every morning. Like, is this really my job? Like how <laughs> yes. is it so fun? How am I completely in the zone? And I came into that role with three people on my team and grew it to 40 people. And it was amazing, mm. but wow. it was because you're attached to your passion and just seems like it's just effortless for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I give coaching to other employees where I feel like, you know, if they're underperforming, it doesn't have to do that they're a bad employee. It's just mm-hmm. like, you need to find what is your strength? Where are you in the zone? And then mm-hmm. you just look behind you. Just like, you can't believe how much growth you're having and how much impact you're having. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. And that is so, so true. What if you could pinpoint the invisible ceilings limiting your success? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers so you can take action and gain unstoppable momentum to advance as a future ready leader. Well, that's exactly what the Beyond Barriers quiz will help you discover. You'll get your personalized score based on the 25 essential elements proven to accelerate success in the digital age, so you can understand what's holding you back and where to focus your efforts. The Beyond Barriers quiz is completely free and takes just a few minutes. Go to imbeyondbarriers.com slash quiz and take the quiz today. I want to shift gears a little bit because as you mentioned, you know, you are went from a role where you might have had a little bit more kind of subject matter expertise. And now you're kind of, you know, you're heading up uh, like all the people processes um, and really wanting to understand how do you how do you kind of learn or research or how do you stay on top or stay ahead of the curve of, so that, you know, you're able to um to lead others, right? Because at the end of the day, sometimes you don't know what you don't know, but uh, you have a team of people who you're working with, but there's lots of things coming at you. So how do you shift from that subject matter expert 
to kind of like more of the generalist, but how do you stay ahead of the curve? How do yeah. you learn? What are some of the habits or techniques that you use? Well, I think, well, I think a couple of words come to mind. So one, it's about like celebrating, mm-hmm. recognizing, and also staying humble in your state. So um, I have a woman on my team named Catherine, and mm-hmm. she is HR generalist, knows all the things, compensation, tax filing, I mean, benefits, leave of absences, all of this stuff, right? Uh-huh. And I have such a profound respect for her that she knows all of these things that I don't have experience in, right? Mm-hmm. And so when she's on my team, it's I celebrate her, I recognize mm-hmm. her regularly and let her know how critical she is to the growth and success of the team and how I am so dependent on her to, for us to grow and make this, create this really amazing people organization. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's when you kind of set that tone and you're like, hey, I'm going to link arms with you because without you, I'm not as strong. Right. right. And so when employees feel appreciated like that, especially another woman employee, like that just boosts the overall morale of the team. And like, I just, that's kind of how I continue to learn is not mm-hmm. thinking that I know the most in the room, mm-hmm. but it's recognizing what everyone's strengths are in that virtual room or around that table and celebrating them and also letting them know that. They are at that table because they have something really incredible to offer. I love that. I love that. It made me think of like when you, you know, you're playing poker and you have that winning hand, but you need like every single card in order to be able to throw it down on the table and win, you know, the the game. So you, you look at each of your individuals as like, what is their value card, right? What value card do they play and leverage that? The other important thing I think that you said is that, which was really profound. You didn't say it, but you don't have to be the smartest person in the room um, and you really embrace everybody else's, you know, um, strengths and you bring it together as a team. And I think that's really important because women tend to almost sometimes burn the candle at both ends because they feel like they have to do everything themselves. What advice or what would you say uh, on that comment when you think of women who sometimes don't ask for help because they feel like they have to do it all themselves? Yeah. Um, so it makes me think of a couple things. One, I have a mug, which I had on me right now that says we rise by lifting others. So mm-hmm. that's always a good reminder of, you know, how you elevate yourself is by elevating those around you. So that's number one, mm-hmm. but um, number two, and just not burning the count candle on both ends is being able to, um, know your no. And I actually heard Robin Arzon mm-hmm. say this, who's one of the you know, Peloton instructor. Uh-huh. It's like knowing your no, it's okay to say no sometimes. And I think one of the things I had, and it just makes me like kind of PTSD thing about the stress level of it is yes. that I have two kids, right? I'm a single mom. I got to take them to school. I got to take them to soccer practice, get them to T-ball, mm-hmm. drop-offs, pickups, different times, different schedules. I remember at one point I used to think like, okay, there's a conference call that's happening right now. Let me put it on my phone, put it on the Bluetooth in my car, get my kids, get their lunch, get them. And I wasn't very present for the call. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really present with my children. And I was burning myself out thinking that I could do it all. Mm. And the most amazing thing is when I just said, like, I just frankly said, Hey, I can't make these calls because I have to drop off my children. What do you think Mm -hmm. the response was on the other line? Okay, no problem. We'll record it for you. Listen to it later. We'll send you the notes. Wow. <laughs> but it's just about yes. saying like, hey, I can't do this, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. But I think for a lot of times, women always want to say yes, that we can do it all. And it's 
just leads to incredible burnout. You're not as effective as you could be as a leader. Mm -hmm. And so it was just about kind of knowing my no and saying, hey, if you want the best of me, Mm -hmm. the best of me is not going to be between eight and 845 Monday through mm-hmm. Friday, you know? Right, right. You know, I think it's it's so important, the power of transparency, like you said, of just putting it out there and say, I, I can't do that at this time. And, you know, most of the time you're pleasantly surprised that people are like, okay, let's let's accommodate, right? But we tend to kind of, there's that fear of like, if I tell them that I can't do it or, you know, that somehow it's going to, you you know, at the end of the day, it's like, what's the worst case that could happen? But in our minds, we play these things of like, oh my God, like then I can't do the job or whatever it may be. Um, So I think it's so important that you lead by example. And I think even you just sharing that story or just sharing that example on the podcast gives other women permission to say, you know what, I should be able to kind of set that boundary or be that transparent and share that with, you know, key stakeholders or leadership or whatever it may be, so that I can actually be able to focus and integrate work and life. And thing is, yeah, leading by example is so important because you also think about the women who are in your organization that they want to be able to see that representation, right? Mm -hmm. They want to see that, hey, here's a senior leader and it's okay that she has to take her son to soccer. She can still be a good leader and still be a good mom. And I think that like leading of transparency is so key and authenticity. Mm -hmm. So in my Google calendar, everything is public. So nothing is blocked off in like a shaded area of no title, right? It'll Mm -hmm. say Maze's soccer practice, Jones's t-ball, Maze's drop-off. I have therapy every two weeks on a Friday. It's blocked out. It says therapy because I also think that mental health and well-being mm. is really important. Yes. And I don't want people to feel like they can't do that or that makes them not normal. So mm-hmm. anybody at this company, they could go to my calendar and be like, oh, Trace has therapy at one o'clock on Fridays. But that gives people permission to do those things that will help you bring your whole self to work as well. I think that is fantastic. And I mean, I think every leader should do that. Um, in terms of it, it normalizes things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, be, you know, just kind of like springboarding on that, just thinking about how do you, how do you keep yourself sane? So let's describe a typical day and how you ensure like effective communicate, effective execution, but then also making sure that you're integrating work and life because we don't believe in the whole work-life balance. We blow that out of the water. We dis- demystify that here at Beyond Bears, but we talk about integrating work and life. And it sounds like you're doing you're doing a lot of that. Mm-hmm. So I there's no way for me to do that work-life integration, especially when you're working from home most of the time. Right. And so it's kind of funny this thing. I don't I don't know. I, I want to say it's a secret to my success, but it's uh-huh. actually the secret to me actually unplugging a little bit during the workday mm-hmm. because I'll be honest, I'm eating lunch at my desk. My kitchen's right there. I make my food. I sit down. I continue to work. But what I started doing is mm-hmm. actually, I think I got targeted on an Instagram ad for a sauna blanket. <laughs> so <laughs> I, bought this, I bought this sauna blanket. It's uh-huh. like a sleeping bag. It's upstairs in my fitness room. So I will leave my computer for about 20 minutes uh-huh. and I go lay in the sauna blanket. I listen to a guided meditation and the blanket really warms you up. And everyone likes to be cozy and warm. Yes. Right? But it's because it's an action where it's a physical action, me leaving my desk, getting into a heated up blanket, listening to meditation. Sometimes I'll do the LED face mask too. I want to like 
color <laughs> spots or sunspots or wrinkles. Uh-huh. Um, but I very plugged in at this point. It's like this 20 minutes of laying that just lets me kind of recharge. And sometimes I can squeeze a little nap in that 20 minutes, sometimes not. But then I come out of it refreshed, knowing that I did a little something mm. for me. It's a little bit of quiet time. And I could go back to my desk, get back on those calls, get back on those um, Google slides, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's um, one thing that I think is important to just take that little bit of time for yourself um, just to like break up the monotony of always being on. That that is so important, and I and I'm gonna have to look up this sun blanket. It oh, and apparently, if, if you can sit in it for 30 minutes, it's supposed to burn like 600 calories. I don't know if that's true or not, but if I can burn calories laying down in a blanket with my eyes closed, like, <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. I'm right there with you. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. <laughs> So I wanted to share, um, I mean, I wanted to ask a little bit because it sounds like you've had a lot of wonderful kind of sponsors and mentors throughout your career, but I also picked up that a lot of them were male. Mm-hmm. And I want you to talk about that a little bit because I think it's so important on on making sure that, you know, you are tapping your community and you're finding mentors and sponsors but you aren't allowing the idea that because that person doesn't look like you, that they can't really help you accelerate in your success. And we get that a lot from women where they feel like, well, you know, there aren't a lot of women that I can reach out to who I can look up to. But at the at the end of the day, that's an upward battle because there aren't as many women out there in those roles. So how did you gain access to influential people? And how did you cultivate those relationships with people, even when they were individuals who didn't look like you? Yeah. You know, I mean, I feel like you get mentorship, like, you know, sex aside, it doesn't matter if it's a male or female, it's whoever Mm -hmm. wants to help you or whoever you respect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that um, when I think about some of the male leaders, I think that they, sometimes they might you, it's just very like their dads, right? Mm-hmm. Their fathers, yes. they might yes. have growing daughters, like growing up. And they're probably thinking like, if my daughter is going to go through this own journey, how can I help somebody else who's kind of already there? Right. right. And mm-hmm. how could like, if they're mentoring me, coaching me, that gives them more context to when they mm-hmm. want to support their own children, their own daughters. Right. going through mm-hmm. career. So I think that's one thing. Um, I also had very amazing women leaders, you know, in my time too. Um, one story that I always remember very, very fondly is one of my um, executive vice presidents when I was at Salesforce. I was um, on maternity leave mm-hmm. and um, I had just given birth to my second son and mm-hmm. I was six days out of the hospital. And she texts me saying she wants to visit me and the baby. And I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, like, do I really want to see how my <laughs> boss visit me after I just delivered a child? But okay. And I remember just like on my phone, I'm like, oh, you live so far. Are you sure? Okay. So she comes <laughs> over. She brings lunch for me and the baby. She's holding my baby in the kitchen. I'm like, wow, this is next level leadership, right? This uh-huh. is like dedication to your team member. Well, right before she leaves, she gives me a gift bag. And in the gift bag was a baby onesie. Mm. And it read, my mom just got promoted. Oh so my goodness. She literally a- promoted me via hand delivered customized onesie while I was on maternity leave. And that was such an incredible leadership moment, such a moment to really bring incredible employee loyalty to an organization as well. Yes. And so that was a that was very defining for me, thinking like, okay, in my career, how many times could I create those moments that matter with people on my team yes. or just people organization where you just surprise people out of the blue mm-hmm. um, to make it not just a business, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's actually about putting the people first. Mm. 
I love that. That's a, such a such an amazing example, and I've heard many of those, um, especially you know through uh, some of the programs and the cohorts that we've had, you know, even in Salesforce. And I think that's an amazing culture and example. Um, I want to shift a little bit and start, you know, and ask you. At the beginning of your career, did you ever imagine that you would have, you know, had a leadership role in the profession or the organization or the industry that you were? You talked about gaining some of that clarity and identifying your passions, but, you know, when were those aha moments or how did you do that? Did you have to like really sit down and figure that out or did you have just like moment of a mo- an epiphany of some mm-hmm. sorts? Um, because I think a lot of people struggle with that of how do you identify that clarity and, you know, so that you land where you want to be? Mm-hmm. Well, the clarity comes with really knowing who you are and staying true to who you are. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of, and actually another mentor of mine is probably my ex-husband. So he, him and I are good <laughs> friends. Uh-huh. Um, he works at Cisco for many years and he kind of was always a little bit ahead of me on the leadership curve. Like mm-hmm. he always got promoted a little bit before me. I remember asking him once, I'm like, Eric, do you think I should be a little bit more serious as I try to pursue my you know, executive career aspirations. And it's so easy. You know, we talk about the way that guys think about stuff, whereas women yes. be like doubt, how do we need to respond or how do we need to act? What should my decorum be like as, as an executive? Mm-hmm. And I remember Eric said to me, he's like, Teresa, he's like, everyone at the top, like they're all the same. It's not very fun. He's like, be you, you're fun and you're silly. You can still do what you want to do. He's like, it's refreshing for people to see. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm so glad that I had a conversation with him maybe like eight years ago. Mm-hmm. But then from that moment, I'm like, I will stay true to myself. And mm-hmm. I might be a little bit goofy. I might wear a sparkly pink leather jacket to the office, but I don't care because you know, right. that is my brand and it brings life and energy. And that is my differentiator, mm-hmm. you know? And so knowing who you are and staying true to it, it's just like, I just couldn't imagine like going through life and work, not being who I am, you know, mm-hmm. feeling like a fake, you know, even, you know, when people talk about the whole imposter syndrome thing, mm-hmm. just like, if you don't understand or know something, just ask and be very honest of what you do and what you don't know, because yes. most, most likely people are out there to help you. You know, they want to see you succeed. They didn't hire you because they wanted you to fail. But if you don't make yourself heard and, and you don't express what you don't know, then they will never know how to help you. And I think that's mm-hmm. a lot of women probably do that where they have an imposter syndrome and they try to fake that they know what they're talking about. Yes. But the minute that they're honest with themselves and say, Hey, can you help me with this? Every like, they hired you because they want you. Of course, they're going to yes. help you, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think that's a that's a big one. Be yourself and just be honest of what. Oh you my need. goodness, yes. That you know, you what you said is so. Um, it's so eye opening in terms of how powerful authenticity can be, and yeah. and how it can really unlock, um, you know, your potential and who you are. And I think that's so important. And you mentioned how your authenticity, or just you being, you, you know, you being you, the energetic kind of like you, you said, you're just being yourself. That's your brand, your reputation. Can you talk a little bit about like the importance of it, right? Because you do need to develop that brand, but then there's the visibility of making sure that others are aware of what is your unique value proposition and, uh, you know, where is it that you want to go? Can you talk a little bit about that? Like you had that profound conversation. You're like, this is my brand. This is who I am. But how do you self-promote without feeling or without kind of crossing that line? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, you know, again, again, align it to your strengths. 
-hmm. I look at myself as a connector, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, I did that a lot when I was at Salesforce where I would, if I knew somebody that needs support or something else, I'm like, oh, you should talk to X. And just by doing a lot of that connection, I built this brand very naturally, but the intention Mm -hmm. was never to make myself a bigger name. Mm -hmm. It was more because I want to help others, right? If that is something that's one of your values is helping others and you just do that and carry through that value naturally, your brand comes with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I also had a leader once tell me, and this is such great advice. He said, I want to be that leader that when someone sees my name on the calendar invite, they don't groan like, oh God, you know, (laughs) I want to be that person when they see (laughs) Teresa Ludvigson on the calendar invite, they're like, sweet, that's going to be so fun. That means it'll fly by. We're probably going to have some good laughs along the way. That is what I want to, you know, be Mm -hmm. my brand at a company. And so when I heard that, I'm like, okay, that's, that's my motivation. You know, how do I bring a little bit of more joy, sparkle and sunlight to people's days? And I remember before I came to this company, I listened to um, a company all hands call where our CEO was kind of making an announcement that was coming to the company. And he said something that was so awesome. And I haven't worked, I don't worked with them for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. And our CEO goes, you guys, when you meet Teresa, I mean, she's just electric. She's so fun. She's just electric. And like, that's a pretty cool word to be yes. associated to as well. Right. Uh-huh. But it's, it's, you get the, you build that brand, you get those words said about you because you're not acting. You're uh-huh. not pretending to be someone you're not. Right. Like I'm not more serious because now I'm the head of people. You know, mm-hmm. I, sometimes I probably do need to be more serious, but overall, <laughs> like, I'm having a good time, you know, and that's yes. Fantastic. Oh my God. I love that, which is a great segue because you talked about, uh, you know, someone calling you electric. I want to jump into the lightning round questions, okay, which I think sure, will be so sure. fun because we'll learn a little bit more about you, which, you yeah. know, I think is fantastic. It goes along with it. But what book greatly influenced you? <laughs> um, the book that greatly influenced me is probably Anna Green Gables. Mm. Because Anne Shirley is this little orphan, right? Uh-huh. She gets adopted by a farm, like, uh-huh. And she has this bright red hair. She's super different than the rest of the kids mm-hmm. growing up, but she stays true to herself. She's a really good student. She's witty. She's smart. Ends up getting the most handsome guy like <laughs> in school because she's uh-huh. who she is. And yeah. I remember just always thinking like, wow, she's so bold. And I just really admire that. But she also has a really big heart. And so I think that's probably a book that really influenced me. Just that oh. character. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Next, what is your favorite inspiring quote or saying? Yes. Um, it's my quote. I might butcher this a little bit, but it's from Oprah Winfrey. Uh-huh. And um, it's something along the lines of surround yourself with people who will only lift you higher. Mm, yes. And I think that has been a big motto. And so it's kind of those two praises come hand in hand. Like I told you earlier about the one by coffee mug, right? We yeah. rise with the others. But then the other quote that I am inspired by, it's my favorite, favorite quote by Oprah, is surround yourself with people who lift you higher. And I do think that one of the one of the great treasures I have is I actually a part of a women's leadership cohort. We have about mm-hmm. eight of us. We're all in different organizations, different industries, different companies. Mm-hmm. And we meet once, once a month. And it's just so nice. It's like group therapy, but it's like on the same level of like, we're dealing with very similar challenges in different industries and just mm-hmm. being heard and being seen is just so nice with your peer group. So um, those women, and if they listen to this, they'll know I'm talking about yes. them. But they definitely <laughs> lift me higher. Oh, I love that. What is one word or moniker you would use to describe yourself? <laughs> um, this is kind of embarrassing, but I would maybe say so glam. 
So glam. I love it. <laughs> and I actually, I, um, I remember, gosh, I was, I was so extra growing up. I mean, still probably a little extra, but I had a license plate. My actual purse size plate said so glam. Okay. Oh, I love it. I love and it. And I remember, I remember getting pulled over for speeding and <laughs> the police officer like pulls me over. He's like, so ma'am, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm not feeling so glam right now. You know? <laughs> and he just, he gave me a warning again. Be I love yourself. it. You never Your know. Your works. That's right. I love it. The, the so glam glamorous. And it may, you know what? You talked about your bright shimmery pink yeah. blazer. It's, it just all, yeah. it all makes sense now. Yeah. Um, what is one change, a habit, behavior, or action that you implemented in that made your life better? I mean, see, this is, looking at, this is kind of funny, but I won't see me my life better, but it actually, it helps to fuel my peppiness. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is not an ad. It's not a paid advertisement. So I've got uh-huh. this form of caffeine. So that's uh-huh. a pop and bottle vanilla oat milk latte. Uh-huh. I've got a Red Bull sugar-free. <laughs> and then I've got a Diet Dr. Pepper. Oh, wow. Next to my desk. And um, I don't know. It just helps keeps to fuel my energy. And there we go. Make the day go by. The Energizer Bunny. Yes, absolutely. Now here's one of my favorite, my last and favorite one. What power song would you want playing as you walked onto a stage? Mm. So it's probably, probably Gwen Stefani's Holla Back Girl. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're hearing that in your head right now, but it's a great beat. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. 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 Marching band music. That's I mean, right. That's a bad word in You're going to walk on the it. stage and just own but it's it. like, let's go, yeah. girl. Ain't no holler back, girl. You know, it's good. I love it. Probably well, that. Teresa, this has been a phenomenal interview, and I'm sure the energy is just going to radiate through uh, everybody's iPhones, phones, whatever, you know, hear headphones that they're listening on. And we always get this. Someone is probably going to want to follow and be inspired and just hear all of the Teresa-isms that come out, whether they're on LinkedIn or just, you know, want to get to know you. What's the best yeah. way for them to get in touch with you? Um, definitely LinkedIn. I probably, okay. um, I'm usually on LinkedIn every day. So that's probably the best. So Teresa Ledvigson or T. Ledvigson is my alias. Fantastic. Well, I want to thank you again for giving us this time and, uh, you know, us getting to know you. And I will tell you, it's close to the end of the afternoon when we're we're interviewing, I mean, recording this. And I feel so totally energized. I can just go on now till, till like midnight. Thank you. Amazing. Good. It is late for you. So yes, thank you so much, Monica, for your time. It's really been a pleasure. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend about it and subscribe to get new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests. See you next episode.